Welcome to the DJ P Dog in the Mix podcast, hosted by 18-year industry veteran DJ P Dog. DJ P Dog will share stories and have guests that focus on giving artists the tools needed for a thriving music career and a path to better health. You are now in the mix with DJ P Dog. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your man DJ P Dog back on the mic once again. Now listen, folks. There's there's something that I've been there's a constant theme that I've been that I've been having with this show, and if you've been rocking with the show um, since we came back this season, all right, it's been a constant theme, and that theme is I want to bring absolute legends onto the show, okay, and and not just regular legends, okay, I'm talking about legends who. Rub shoulders, bro, with other legends, okay? And today's show is is no less. I've got this brother that I'm bringing onto the show today. I've known this guy for over 20 years. That's what it feels like anyway. Going on 20 years, over 20 years, it doesn't matter. We go back, okay? We go back to when this guy was bumming rides to, to, to freaking American Idol, bro, okay? That's how yes. far back we go, okay? Yes. And, and he's made his mark in the business. You guys have seen him all over the place. And I'm not going to spoil it just yet. Okay? I'm not going to spoil it just yet. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, my man, Juno Lake. Thanks for having me, brother. How you doing, man? Man, that just took me back when you said... I told you I was going to take you back, American bro. Idol. Yo, I remember that time, man. I remember when I got sick. I caught a cold and I came back from, and I remember I came back and everybody was like, how you doing? I was like, I couldn't sing. I was, <laughs> I, I still remember that day. And that was the year Ruben stuttered one. So I was yep. thinking like, man, that could have been me. And in my mind, I was like, they're looking for a black person. I was really thinking like they, they had it because, you know, Kelly won. And cause after that, it just became whatever. But man, I remember that. I remember that. It was an early days Texas. of the show. Yeah. yeah, you was out there. So just so people know, we went to school together, Liberty University. Yes, yes. Lynchburg, Virginia. And I know you're out in L.A. now, but originally you're from Oklahoma, right? Yeah, well, I was raised in Oklahoma. I was born in L.A. Okay. I lived there until I was 10. My dad built a church in Oklahoma, so he moved us out. That was after they had the riots in L.A. He was like, we ain't about to deal with this. So we went to Oklahoma, and then I finished, you know, uh, basically elementary all the way up to high school and then i came to liberty what school did you go to in la bro cowan avenue which your wife went to that's what i was about to say because my wife is from my wife zion she's from la she was there doing the riots so that's crazy yeah. i didn't even i didn't even know that bro to just now still i still have the picture of us in the same class i'm gonna send it to you Really? <laughs> I I think I still have it. Yes, yeah, the whole it's the whole like wow. I got the puffy hair coming out. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> I had a head full of hair. I'll never forget. It. Gosh, I'm gonna look for it. How That's did I never how did I not know that until just now, bro? How how did how? How? It's crazy. Yeah. That that is crazy. But then what so what was your when you went to Liberty, bro? Because I, you know, you were doing music at Liberty. You were part of the gospel choir, which my wife was a part of the gospel choir um, as well. But what was, what were you studying at Liberty? What were you studying to be at Liberty? I, I was studying to be a music teacher. Okay. I, 
like that's all I could honestly that that's all I could think of as far as being you know part of the music was like okay well I like music a lot I'm gonna go be a music teacher so I could teach other kids and then yeah. you know yeah so I again going back to that that American Idol I remember saying man this this kid one he's 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 shooting his shot one he's missing a lot of days of school because of this okay that was the most i was already concerned okay i was concerned <laughs> but then i'm gonna tell you when it when it hit me bro like when it it was a there was a moment in time when i saw you perform and i said okay this guy because i you know we all hung out so it was like you know yeah it is what it is you know you can't really see people for for where they're going because we all just hanging out joking getting in trouble whatever whatever and you did an event at Liberty called Coffee House. I'll never yeah. forget this, bro. And you performed Cry Me a River, okay, the Justin Timberlake record. And you had the background the background dancers the whole night. And I said, yo, this kid, he's got it. Whatever it is, he's, he's got it. Um, so, so where you are now, did, it, like where you landed did not surprise me at all. But kind of, because I want to talk through your journey, and and uh, and I, I usually do a before shot, um, before I bring on the guests, and I I'm not revealing anything, okay, about who you've been working with, because we're gonna I want to take people on this journey. I want to get their attention captivated on you, and as yeah. we hear that journey and unpack where you've been, who you've been with, who you work with, and where you are now with your own music, I want people to kind of see that journey. So you left Liberty, bro. What? What? Where did you go? Well, let me ask you this. Putting that piece together at Coffee House, Cry Me a River, what was that experience like and getting in front of that crowd and getting that response? Because I remember the response was crazy. Yeah, it was. It, it was very captivating, especially coming from where I, I went to perform. I did performing arts in high school. And then now and I'm, you know, I'm in a college and nobody knows how well I could sing or what I could do was like, dude, this was, it was really fun. I'll never forget that moment because the crowd, that whole, that arena was crazy. And it was. so then, it, you know, it just really kind of put things in perspective for me. So you left Liberty and where did you go after you, you left LU? So, um, you know, LU was expensive. Just so everybody <laughs> know. Don't I know it. <laughs> so everybody know. It is a private school. So, you know, don't I know it? If if you ain't got a scholarship, you you know. But yeah, I just couldn't afford it anymore. So I went back. I went to Oklahoma. My parents. I would say my parents because they were really helping. Um, I went back to Oklahoma and um, I just started trying to figure things out. Um, what I wanted to do, and I had a regular nine to five. Um, and I worked that nine to five. I was working for America Online. I'll never forget. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying not wow. to tell my age. <laughs> and this wow. is when America AOL, Online, bro. This is when America Online was introducing DSL and cable. Like they were yeah. now, you know, maneuvering to like, you know, you can you can piggyback on, you know, the internet, DSL or, or, or cable. But I was working there and, you know, I was just getting I was figuring things out. I mean, Oklahoma is a place where it's very, very relaxed. Um, it's not a lot of pressure. So you can just get, you can just get by, just, you know, work, go home, 
hang out with friends, nothing. There's no, <clears throat> there's no pressure. Yeah. So I, I did that for, I did that for a couple of years until I was like, all right, I'm making good money. Like I was making good money. There was nothing that I could be upset about <clears throat> or frustrated about. I had my own place, had a nice car, but I felt like that wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough at all. So, so where'd you go from, from there? So you, you're in Oklahoma, <clears throat> you're doing the AOL thing. Where'd you go from I, there? I, uh, I went to LA. I went okay. to LA. Uh, I, I remember I told my father, I said that I gotta go. He was like, I'll see you when you get back. I said, daddy, you're not going to see me when I get, I said, if I ever come back, it's where y'all gonna have to bury me back in LA, in Oklahoma. Wow, wow, <laughs> that's yeah. what I told him. I was, you putting it out there on the line? Like he looked at me, he was like, "Because my dad was so serious." He was like, "You're coming back," because it's like mm. LA is hard. It he been there. I mean, he, he you know yeah. he he had at that time we lived in Ladera Heights, and for everybody who lives in the Los Angeles who's listening, know where Ladera Heights is. It's like the Black Beverly Hills. And okay. we lived in we lived in an area like that, and so he had businesses and all that. So he knew what it was like for me going out there. So, but he what he did know is like I have the same drive and, and you know ambition like him, and you know I couldn't take no for an answer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're 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 going because a lot of people don't know like people who go out to L.A. on on that you know hope and dream kind of thing. A lot of them that don't make it end up homeless, end up out on Skid Row. Um, you know, it's, it's real. Yeah. It's real. <laughs> I had I had a lot of friends who who I grew up with high school with. They went before me, and I told them I, I was trying to tell them I was like, y'all just wait. Let's all get there together, and we can work it out. Because I was like, I'm familiar with it. I understand it. You know, I've been you know I've been back and forth, and yeah. you know I know what it's like. And, you know, for a person who comes from a small town or a place that's like Oklahoma, coming to L.A., it's, going, it's, it's like a New York, but New York's way worse. But, you know, you're not going to be ready for it. And so mm -hmm. they didn't they ended up leaving. They ended up leaving when I got there. They, wow. they couldn't they couldn't. You know, it didn't work out, you know. Yeah. So you get you get to L.A. What's what's happening once you get to L.A.? OK, you're out so, there. <laughs> So, trying to make it so happen. I, what what do you so do? So I'll really break I'm gonna break this thing down for y'all. So break it all know, the way down. The bro. struggle the struggle is really real. Um my mom, she ended up having an apartment and um she ended up paying one month of rent for me. One mm. month. She said, That's all I can do. I had three hundred dollars in my pocket when I moved out there. I had a I had a Ford Explorer that I drew drove out there. I mean, my dad drove with me. And that was it. <clears throat> and so the thing about me is coming to L.A., I didn't have an idea of where I was going to go. I just knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. Like that's I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to sing. And that's all I want. I, I didn't even, you know, picture where this is going to be. And, and, you know, like, oh, my gosh, I want to be famous. I wasn't I, I definitely was. I wasn't one of those people. I didn't want it. I just wanted, all I knew is I just want to sing and I just, I'll do whatever. So I get there, you know, I finally get a job. I, you know, Craigslist was my best friend. You know, I found <laughs> a job. <laughs> I, was working, I was a customer service rep. 
for this herbal, this uh, Chinese herb shop in Santa Monica. And uh, <laughs> yo, I'm telling you, you know, real, real. Hey, give it, Man. give it. Hey, give us hey, the real, bro, because it'll, make it'll it help. Ten dollars, make it ten dollars an hour, bro. Yeah, making ten dollars in hour. L.A. That's like in L.A. Trash. Ten dollars an hour in L.A. And uh, you know, I'm making you know I'm making it happen. Um, and then you know I just started building relationships. I started singing at uh, City of Refuge, um, which you know my dad told me that you know if I go out there, I need to make sure I have a home, you know, mm-hmm. a good church home, and I wanted to be covered. And um, I did a lot of singing. I sung in the choir. I sung in the praise team. And just navigating through that, I'm working a nine to five. I ended up moving to work for AAA. And then, you know, I started doing a lot of, you know, coffee shops. I sung a lot on the strip of Sunset. I started mm-hmm. connecting with people. You know, a lot of people at that time. And this is for people who, and I'm a, for people who are listening to this who wants to be a singer. Um, you got to do a lot of stuff for free at the very moment. You know, a lot of things is not going to be handed to you. So, yeah. you know, a lot, a lot of people ask me like, Hey, you want to sing here? You want to sing there? Like, yeah, there's no, there's no pay, but you know, you can sing. I was like, of course I'm going to do this. So I did that a lot. And then there was opportunities where with me singing at the church, um, Gerald Haddon, and I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure, you know, who Gerald Haddon is, um, they had like they had opportunities because you know he's well in the industry. He was like, yeah, we got we need some singers to to sing for you know the bold and the beautiful. Oh, and it was like, can y'all do it? I was like, okay. And then now, bold and the beautiful—that's the soap opera, right? That's a soap opera. Yeah, that was okay. so. That was my first. That was actually my first gig that I did singing on bold and the beautiful. And then from Bold and the Beautiful, it went to singing with Eminem and Rihanna, you know, really? at the Staples Center, which I barely okay. remember. <laughs> well, I mean, what again? You're you're flying high with the Eagles, bro. So I, I mean, barely, I barely remember that though. But that was that was, and then at that point, um, I started, you know, I started working for another company. It was just, and I was a tech support rep, and I'm still working, still doing my thing. Um, and gigs is coming left and right. Um, and then we ended up doing a wedding <laughs> for David Foster. <laughs> okay. Again, you know, <laughs> I don't know if this is his third marriage. I don't know. Is this his second? What is it? Second marriage? So, for it people who this. don't know, tell us who David Foster is for people who don't know. <laughs> David Foster is the reason why Whitney Houston is is who she is. Let's just there you go. I mean, I can. That's where you said it. I mean, I mean, this guy's done stuff for Michael Bublé. Like he's like the. I, would you say he's the white Quincy Quincy Jones? It's kind of hard to put anybody in a category with with with, right. with Quincy, so but what? I mean, you know. I think that's a good that's a good frame of reference. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll put a little bit of water on it. He's in there. <laughs> he's in there. He's in there. You know, he's he's done a lot for a lot of artists. I mean, this guy's amazing, and just to be around him was very much of a blessing. Um, mm-hmm. Just singing at his wedding, and then um, from there, you want me keep you want me you want me walk you down this this street? Well. I'm- 
I'm curious. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I'm, but I'm curious about how did you get that gig singing at his wedding? Like, how did you land that? Was that from, you know, so the bold and the beautiful? Was, yeah, that was from Gerald. And then um, Jason McGee was also the choir director. He needed some singers for, um, for um, David Foster's wedding. Now, I'm not, I think he, he does stuff with this plant, uh, this wedding planner named Mandy Weiss, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm right. And so from there, he was just like, he needed, you know, they needed again some singers. And that point in time, and this is where, I, this is where I have to make things clear for everyone. A lot of people have a problem about like serving at the church where you don't get paid and you don't, you don't, you know, you don't get a lot of things out of it. But me serving at my church was like the reward of mm. me getting the access to do those things. Um, and with me doing it, it was not because I knew I was going to have something coming up because I did not even have a clue, but yeah. it's because it was my reasonable service. I was doing what the Lord asked me to do. And I love singing and I love worshiping God. And so I was doing that frequently. It was revivals, but I did it even when it was like, dude, this is a lot, but again, I like to do it. So going with that fast forward. I had the opportunities, you know, and he asked me, he said, hey, do you want to sing with, you know, with us? We got a wedding. We need a couple of singers. You know, can you do it? I was like, of course. And it was paid as well. And so that's what kind of, you know, started pushing me to do, have opportunities to meet people like that. And then it opened the doors uh, for me to sing with, with those singers and then I had the opportunity to sing for Stevie Wonder at at a James funeral service. Very nice. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. So So um, was, there's this progression. This the snowball is moving. Yeah, it's it, it's moving. So it's just, you know, again, I'm just like, oh, this is really nice. I'm I'm singing here. I'm singing that. This is that's how I'm looking at it. Um, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't until I got a I got a phone call, and a friend of mine was like, "Hey, there's this wonderful opportunity to sing for an artist." And just so you know, <laughs> they never tell you who the artist is, so you can't <laughs> ever. You don't. It it could be it could be an artist that just started, and you just be like, "All right, great." Or it can be just you know, it can be like a huge artist like Lady Gaga, but I never forget. And, you know, I was very, you know, open. And I was like, all right, fine. He was like, yeah, you just got to audition. You just got to submit a song. And um, once you submit a song, you'll get a call back. Call back. And okay. I was really thinking about what songs to do because yeah. I, I'm, I'm stuck in my head because I was like doing auditions. And just like I said, singers, if you're going to do audition, you got to be very, very specific um, on how you want to have, especially, you know, music directors or, you know, any kind of creative directors that are hearing you or even the artists that they just want to yeah. hear your voice. They just want to hear your yeah. voice. They don't need the colors. They don't need all the bells and whistles. They just want to hear your voice. Um, and so I remember I just sung You Got It Bad. It's simple. You know, Usher sings that song very clear, you know, boom. And, you know. I did it. I got a I got a notification. I got an email notification saying, "Great, we want to move you on to, you know, go ahead and audition 
you know, with the other background singer. And so I had to learn, how many songs I had to I had to learn three songs and it was a mix. So let me ask you this, because I'm curious. I'm very curious now, okay? You're in L.A. At any point in time, I guess my question is, whoever reached out to you out the gate, did you already know who these people were? Yes, yes. Okay, cool, because I was about to ask, like, because I feel like when you're out in, in, in cities like that, you'll probably get tons of people. Some of them are scammers, the whole nine yards. Like, How do you filter through you know, and I ran. I, I did. I did run into that. I ran into a few people. It was like, man, I want to make you famous. You're gonna be a star. I got these yeah. songs. I want you to do. And I did these songs, and it wasn't the type of songs that I wanted to do, and it just disappeared. But it yeah. was a lot of. You have to weed through a lot of the BS. Yeah. Through um, yeah. in LA, and you have to have discernment, and just knowing who you really are. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know who you are, you can honest, you can be completely taken, and people will just start making you what they—they'll be turning you into something that they see, and now you're just yeah. something else, and then you're lost. You're completely yeah. lost, and it—it's it, hard to come back from that because you don't—you didn't feel, build a foundation on where you begin as that part. You know, what I'm, you get what I'm saying? Absolutely, absolutely. So you, <laughs> so you. They reached out to you. You did the audition. You get a call back. Now they want you to rehearse with the other background singers. What's going through your mind at this point? Because you still don't know who this artist is. I so actually, what... I did know by then. I did know okay. by then. I did know by then. So once I found out that um, I got the audition, they told me you're singing for Justin Bieber. I was like, really? I was like, wow. Now put it, so, in the, put it in the proper perspective. What year is this? Oh, my gosh. So this is when Justin was 16, I think. So this is 2011 or 12. 11. 11. So he's he's hot. Yeah. He's this is like hot. after somebody to love. This is like after Baby Baby. This yeah. This is after the Christmas record. Yeah. And so he's now he's working on a new album. And that album was Believe. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, they had me do these three songs. And I'm going to tell you, like, pop background vocals are very intricate. They're they're not as easy as you would think R&B background. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just a certain little, there's a certain, certain note that you have to make sure you, you know, hit. And so I did the audition. <clears throat> it went well. The music director was there. And then one of the uh, head engineers was there. I got my car. I'll never forget. I sat in my car and I was like, dang, am I going to get it? I was like, well, I hope I get it. And then the evening, (laughs) the evening, man, the evening I went home and, you know, I cooked me a dinner and I looked at my email and it said, I'm sorry, we're not, we we decided to go in a different direction Mm. with with another, um, with another singer. Mind you, the singer was, you know, at that time, you know, they wanted somebody that was very relevant and as singing, as younger as he, as Justin was. And the yeah. other guy was way younger looking. He had the, you know, he had the kid vibe. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, all right, well, I was like, well, what's for me is for me. There you go. 
And uh, I call. I remember I called my mom. She was like, "It's gonna be all right, baby. It's okay." I remember I called, you know, Bishop S. Y. Younger, and he was just like, you know, he, you know, he gave me, you know, he gave me some words of confidence and just moving forward. And then a couple of weeks, bro, a couple of weeks go by. All of a sudden, I get an email. It's like, "Hey, are you still available?" I was like, "For what?" You know, this is this is Bieber's team. Like, what y'all want? Y'all already told me I can't. I didn't. I didn't get it. Are you, you coming? Are, are they coming to stab you in the heart some more? Pour yeah. salt in the wound, bro. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so next thing, yeah, you know, it was like, are you available? And then one of the other singles was like, Yo, did you get the email? I was like, Yeah, I just got it. He was like, Are you available? It was like they want you back. They want you back. I was like, Okay. I was like, So then it was like, Can you hop on a plane, uh, like on Friday? And this was like Monday. Yeah, like, we want you to we want you to sing at the Rockefeller Singer uh, Center um, for the Today Show. Crazy. And so, and then so we went through all the paperwork and all that, and I was like, God. I mean, after that, I was just like, you know, I'll never forget when I was on that stage, and it was I was so happy to be there. And Big Sean was there. I talked to him. <laughs> that was the first time I was green. I was like, Oh my God, Big Sean. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, that was that was my first show, and um, that's where it started, bro. That's where it really started. How long did you tour with um with with Justin Bieber? Two two and a half years, man. We traveled, man. We was international and you know national, man. I mean, yeah, we did two tours nationally, and then we did everything internationally, but man. China, the Brazil. Yeah, yeah. I've got this crazy Justin Bieber story, bro. I think I've told you this story before. Um, But I was um, I was DJing. This is when I was DJing for um, for Lecrae, and we were in Atlanta rehearsing for a tour, and we were in a studio, and Justin Bieber was in the next studio over um, rehearsing, and this um, famous golfer big guy in the game um, his name is Bubba Watson he was yeah. um he had came down to hang out with us um as we were rehearsing for the tour huge Lecrae fan you know this guy is Bubba Watson and and so <clears throat> we we didn't know who was in the next room and somebody said hey man I think I think they're Justin Bieber's people because we see you know I mean he had his wardrobe in the hallway all his Nikes his Air yeah. Force ones I mean I'm whole like I ain't gonna lie I I, I held some of his shoes, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but Bubba Watson said, yo, man, I know Bieber's manager. So we say, man, you know, call him up and, and you know, just to see, you know, just to see, you know. So he yeah. calls him up, says, hey, man, what's up, what's up, what's up, where you at, blah, blah, blah. He say, man, I'm in Atlanta. Oh, man, I'm in Atlanta, too. Where you at in Atlanta? Oh, man, I'm in the studio rehearsing for Justin Bieber. Oh, man, I'm in the studio with some guys rehearsing. So they're, they're talking on the phone. They're in the building together. Right next door. So they come out. They say, oh, man, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. And and me and one other guy, um, we decided to show up to rehearsal on time, right? And so he asked, Bubba Watson asked Bieber's, I guess his road manager, says, hey, is is Bieber here? You know, some of the guys would like to meet him. You know, it was like three of us in the building, so it ain't nothing crazy. Right. And, and sure enough, he was there. I'm curious, bro, if you were there. Um, this was in Atlanta doing a rehearsal before his tour. And it was in 2011, fall of 2011. I don't know if you. I don't even remember. 
Because you flying high with the Eagles. Of course you don't remember. That's crazy. I don't remember. <laughs> and you know what's so, you know what's so crazy though? Because I would be with him. We played basketball together. Of course, we went out to all the you know the nightclubs together. But I hung out with him. Like if you if you ever run into him, I promise you, you be like hey, he know me by my real name. <laughs> he be like, <laughs> and, and you, when you ask him, he be like, yeah, I know who that is. It's funny because I I did that to him last time when I saw him in Sunday service, and people were looking at me like. Who is this guy? Because I was like, I was doing this to Justin. Like, I was, I had him by the arm, and I was like, yo. And security was just like, who is this dude? What are you doing? But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could have been, man. We, we've done so many things together, like, hanging out-wise. So, so I want to ask you a question, bro. Because I remember when you were on tour with Justin Bieber, okay? And there was a particular show you guys did. And you were in your hometown in Oklahoma. Yeah. And I remember that particular show because you showed a picture of your family backstage. And, and was your dad there at that show? My dad, my whole entire family. I got tickets from my whole entire family, like backstage passes, the tour and all that. Back, like it was everything. So going back, okay, to that conversation you had with your dad. I'm leaving Oklahoma. I'm going out. He's saying you're going to be back. You come back, okay? You do come back, but you're coming back on tour with the biggest pop star of that time. He's backstage. You're on stage the whole nine yards. Tell me what was that feeling like, bro? Man, dude. It felt, gosh, man, it's it's, I don't, man, it's, it's, it's indescribable. Um, it really is. You would have to live in that moment with me to feel what I felt. Um, it was so many emotions to know where I, what Oklahoma is like Mm -hmm. and, and, and to see where I came from going back to it. I'm at the Chesapeake arena and there's thousands and thousands. I, it was it was a huge accomplishment for me. It was just, you know, I didn't think graduating high school that it would be this guy, you know, <clears throat> who, you know, I just didn't think of anything like that. So, you know, I'm walking around the whole arena because, you know, when you get the arena, when you, when you do a show at the arena, it's like you showing people your house. So you can walk yeah. and do whatever you want. But yeah, it was really surreal. Like it was, it was indescribable. It was, it was a, a, a good overwhelming experience. I would say. I mean, taking my mom and dad, just show them around. I can tell they were so happy. You know, there's girls running up to me because they know who I am, and they ask to take a picture. And then I'm like, I'm like, these are my, I'm with my family. Can you give me a second? You know, yeah. it was just a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah. I'm 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 gonna tell you now, bro, and I want you to brace yourself because I'm gonna ask you another question here coming up, um, and and it's it's probably gonna be one of those questions that brings some overwhelming feelings. So I'm just telling you now to brace yourself for it. But you're you're two years now done with working with Justin Bieber. You're still working as an artist. How important um, was it for you as an artist to keep relationships built in the business? you know, from behind the scenes and the 
the office and whatnot. How important was it to keep those relationships nurtured during that time? Um, I would say it was important only if it was organic. Um, only if it was something where we had a liking towards each other. Like me and Justin got into it. <laughs> me and Justin got into it because I was the head. <laughs> this is funny. I had, a, we had teams who was playing basketball, bro. We playing basketball. Sorry, I don't mean to derail, but I just have to tell this story. No, no, no. Tell the stories, bro. He, we playing. It's five on five. You know, we got the dancers, everybody. This boy going to come out of nowhere. And I'm going to be honest. You know, I can't play basketball that good. You know, I can't play. <laughs> they know I can't play. So Justin runs in and just like, yo, I want to play. And I'm looking, and they looking at me, it was like, just go, go, go. I'm like, go where? And it was like, let's let him play. You know, he's here. I'm like, I'm not. And I was like, I'm not leaving. And Justin was like, he was like, you got to go. I was like, no, I'm not leaving. I was like, no. <laughs> and so I just sat down and just let them play. But then we talked about it. We just laughed about it. But yeah, it's, 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 it's events like that. I mean, it, you know, it's important because, in the future, I, you know, I have the opportunity you, you will have or I will have the opportunity to be like, hey, Justin, I want you to do this. Could you do this? Could you do that? And it makes it a little bit more easy because we now have a report because we've been each other. We, I had to spend two years of my life with him. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and it was a lot of it was a lot of ups and downs. It was a lot of things that we seen personally that we had to deal with together, you know, so. And I, I think that's frustrated, just like me. Yeah, you know, sometimes. Yeah, and I think it takes a lot of trust for artists of that status to bring on people into their world, because he had to trust you to be able to do what you do to help make his situation definitely, look definitely, good. definitely. You know? Yeah, it's it, it, you don't you don't want to have people where, like you said, as far as trust, where we're somewhere and all of a sudden you want to video and take pictures and. It's not like that. You can't do that. Yeah. So, you know, being with a person like him. And what I would say is being around him was just like, it was just like we hanging with the homies. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we step outside and it's reality again. Now yeah. we got to deal with it, you know, and it was, that's the frustrating part. Cause we were hanging inside or when we had our space, it was easy. But then once we got out in the public, paparazzi everywhere yeah yeah it's crazy yeah 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 so man you're 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 done with him but there's so many other people that you work with bro like you know you've worked with her um you know i've seen you doing stuff with kanye sunday sunday service um let me ask you this question and and this is this is where i'm i'm gonna get you to brace yourself because i got to see you perform um you know let me build up to it you're from L.A., you're back in L.A., okay? And one of the things that a lot of people who are natives of L.A., it's like this amazing pride in one of the greatest basketball teams ever, the L.A. Lakers, okay? And so, one, in my opinion, one of the greatest players ever, Kobe, tragically passes away. Um, Beyonce sings at the memorial service you're singing background with beyonce at kobe's memorial what 
What was that feeling like, bro? Oh, man. Because um, it was just a couple of weeks when we when we found out. Mind you, my son was born the day before Kobe died. Wow. So, you know, my son was born on the 25th, Kobe Bryant. We in the room, <clears throat> you know, my, my son is just one day old. And I got these mixed emotions, honestly. I, I'm like, I'm happy that I'm a dad, but I, I'm like, I don't even want to feel like celebrating being a dad because now I got to deal with these emotions about Kobe. And so I really, yeah. I, when I tell you I buried it, I mean, it was almost like I was trying to like, because Kobe is one of my favorite basketball players. And that's it. And I wasn't even a Jordan fan. I've always been a Kobe fan. I've been a Laker fan since I've been to the forum when, my, when I was a kid. But I love yeah. Kobe. So it was it was highly emotional. I mean, even when we were practicing with Beyonce, we were, we practiced the song about five times. And then we practiced it another, you know, four or five times with her. And I remember the second time around, she had her held down. She had her head down. I'm sorry, she held her head down. And I was like, what's going on? Like, is she okay? I was like, is she listening to the song? And then after the song was finished, she rose her head up and she was just crying. Her face was so red. And she was like, I'm sorry, y'all. And then she was telling us that when she was with Kobe and Vanessa, it was for New Year's Eve. Wow. So not even and that so, long ago. It's not even, dope, bro. It, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like 25, 24 days, 25 days before. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, man. It was it was really hard because you know when she when she started crying i i felt it even harder and then when we were when we went to the arena we're walking in you know we see everybody you know michael jordan you know the lakers and the whole team she walks in and she looks at and now they have it where at the staples center they have this little billboard and it said Kobe and Gigi, you know, and she stared at it and she still had, you know, she still had chills. When we did our sound check, I choked up and cried. And I was like, I got to get through this. So I was trying to like even talk about it right now. Just it really, it really, it really gets to me. It was hard because I didn't think I could do it. I almost told myself, I almost told the music director. I was like, I don't know if I can do this right now. Cause right when we were standing up and we was about to, we was performing. I mean, we was about to sing it. I was just like, I'm crying. I'm crying right before they even like announced us to sing. It was just too much. It was heavy. It was the most heaviest burden I had to do, especially in in my profession, to sing. Um, and and there's in thousands of people. Usually it'll be like Staples Center. I would say is my home because I performed there so many times, but. This time it was just, it was saddened. It, you could feel the room, every the sorrow. It was just, yeah. even watching the performance, <laughs> when we got there, you know, just getting ready to prepare, it was just so somber, man. I still feel that, you know, I still feel that residual from it, but it was it was the toughest thing. I, I think it was one of the toughest performances I had to do in my life. It really was. Yeah, and I'm and I'm sure it was like that for anybody who had to perform that day. Because I mean, even watching it, it was hard. It was really hard 
for me to to watch you know because i mean i'm not that far off in age from kobe you know i got a daughter you know and it's just it was just that was so hard um i remember when i got that news you know i was in myrtle beach um, which was crazy because I was about to go get on a helicopter ride that same day. Um, and that just changed my whole situation. Um, and, you know, I was trying to relax and get myself together because I had a lot of stuff going on in life. And that was kind of, I was out doing some shows. And then to get that, it was like, yo, what do I do with this? Um, it was a lot. And so I, you know, hats off to you guys, man. Salute to you guys for pressing through because i mean the reality of it is if anybody on that stage would have said hey i i can't i don't think nobody would have blinked twice or or said anything because i mean it's tough you know so tough and it's still tough to talk about um i've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of people about it and so yeah i mean if you if you were here man i wish like the feeling of downtown LA. I live downtown Los Angeles. And so I would have to, you know, go by the Staples Center, you know, in that area to, to get home. Man, just to feel even the traffic, man, the aura around that area was just so somber and sad. When I walked outside, you can feel like the energy. It was just like, you felt like somebody, everybody you ran into was a family member you met that passed away. Like, that's how yeah. I felt. <clears throat> like, everybody felt like they had a loss together. Yeah. And, dude, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. That's crazy. But, again, salute to you guys for, for pressing through. And I think Thank music you. helps in that healing process. Like, all of us are trying Definitely. to... Even still today, I'm still trying to process, um, process that, and I think you guys pushing through, um, and being the professionals that you are, um, yeah, that definitely. weight can only be held down by people of your caliber, um, who can say, "Let me put my emotions to the side for a moment, just to get through this," because what you're doing is helping to heal others, um, and so yeah. that's, I think that's the power of music, man. Like music is so powerful. Um, and I want to talk about some of your music because yeah. you've got records that are out that as a solo artist um, yeah. that I think is so powerful. Like you've got um, two songs in particular. Um, you just came out with them. Um, the I Won't Back Down and then um, Blood in the Water. Um, two powerful records, specifically talking about social justice, bro. Um Talk about those records from from your perspective, because I think the one of the records that you got out, the um, I won't back down, is actually a cover or a remake um, from uh, Tom Petty. Tom Petty, yeah. Talk um, about because you, I saw on your IG, you said I'm putting it out, remaking it, but this time it's coming from a black man's perspective, bro. So talk about that. Um, well, it's, my background is very, very wide. Um, I listen to not just only R&B and soul, but I listen to a lot of rock. I listen to a lot of alternative music, um, you know, 80s soft rock. And growing up, Tom Petty was one of my artists that I grew up listening to. And um, one day I was listening to it and it it hit me a little different when I heard it. 
And so I researched it and I wanted to understand Tom's, Tom Petty's perspective. Mm -hmm. I won't back down and understanding what he was saying was, you know, him as a, you know, him coming to the country, you know, his parents was immigrants or whatever. And we're all trying to struggle and survive in America. (laughs) Um, You know, that was his sentiment. Um, And he was very, he was very, you know, he was, you know, very taken back from performing this record, but he went ahead and did it. Yeah. Um, you know, so um, when I heard it, I had I had a lot of mixed feelings about it because I wanted to do something that represents me, mm-hmm. but also my family. And when I say my family, black people, you know, that's my family. Um, yeah. And in all of in in all of the music that I do. Um, I want to make sure I empower my family um, because it's so much of where, especially as a black man, it's being broken down and ridiculed. Um, I wanted to make I want to make sure I, I push through and have everyone be happy for who they are, regardless of what any other any other race may think about us. And you know, you know, I changed a few lyrics. You know, I'm stand my ground because I'm black and proud. When the world keep pushing me around, you know, I'm gonna stand my ground no matter what. Because we've been dealing with, we've been dealing with this for over 300 years. I've been dealing with it so many longer, you know, so many years of time. Yeah. And you know, for the people, even the future, for my son to know, even for mm-hmm. him. He's biracial, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's going to have, you know, it was something that I felt like I had to do. Um, and I don't think nobody has done that. Nobody has not done that record and recovered it, which I could not understand. Nobody. Well, it's been nobody. done now. Nobody. Yeah, it's done now. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. definitely. But yeah, um, um, I, ha- I just had to do it. I had to do it. Um, and I'm proud of it. I'm definitely proud of it. Um, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. Nice. Nice. I'm curious about one thing, because see, you're, you're, again, your resume is is quite impressive, my brother. Um, you are, you're in the Disney um, Plus show with Beyonce, Black is King. Um, yeah. You just did a, um, a situation with her. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you got your own music coming out. I'm very curious, bro. How did you even get into a space to to land a, a, a situation with a Beyonce or a Kanye West or her? How did you even get into that kind of space? It's kind of like that snowball just still rolling. Um, I, I'm gonna tell you this, and and I'm gonna say this so it doesn't sound cliche. Oh man, when when God has ordained your steps. Mm-hmm. There's nothing anyone can do to reach you to your destination. Mm-hmm. Um, because even when I did the Beyonce, even when I first did Beyonce, I wasn't going to do it. I'm going to do it. I didn't even know it was Beyonce. 
all I know is is that Joe called me. He was like, "Hey man, I need you to do this show. I need you to do this Grammy thing." And I was like, "What is it?" It's like, "Yeah, I just need you to go." He's like, "Just go here and just sing." You know, like just you know, just go. They they need you know they need a singer. And and that's what I'm saying. In my mind, I was like, "What is this?" I mean, because honestly, it could have been anything. And I remember I was on the 101 because I got lost. I was on the 101 and I was going to turn back around. I was like, you know what? Just go home. Like, bro, this is stupid. Like, you know, and, and then as soon as I get in the door, I'm in, I run into Derek Dix- Dixie, who's Beyonce's music director, who's my guy. Yeah. Um, and he was like, hey, you know, he, who, who, you know, who, who told you about that? I was like, yeah, Gerald told me to come. He's like, I need you to sign this. You know, you got to sign a non-confidentiality agreement. And then he was like, you singing for Beyonce. So, I mean, to go back to what you're saying, I mean, it's just really, it's, it's God ordained. Like, it's God putting you in the places where you need to be. Um, yeah. And, and everything that I've done going forward was not because, you know, people knew about my resume. I mean, it's, that's part of it, but it's because, my worth ethic and what I do. Um, I think what you do when you're not working is more important mm-hmm. than when you are working. So mm, if you good. can be more professional um, while you're working, you'll see a lot of that, that keep people's name in your mouth. Like, can you hire this guy? Yeah, hire Juno. Yeah, he's good. Because the worst thing to do is like, you got a bad attitude or, you know, you're very unprofessional or you, you want to, be so green and not pay attention that this is a job and it can be, you can get caught up in it. You can get caught up in it. Um, But just understand it's a job. And when you get that locked in, the opportunities are endless because so many people will hire you because they just know how, how good you are and how you work. You know, when they say no phones, no phone, it ain't that serious. It's going to come out later. People, they're going to take a picture of you. <laughs> there you go. Let them do it. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's just mostly, you know, it's just mostly just I'm gonna keep reiterating that that you know God is putting me in a path. I, I would have never I would have never thought I would have worked with Kanye. Kanye's one of my favorite artists. I told him that to his face. And he looked at me like, Oh, cool. I was like it was it was a weird sounding to him. <laughs> But I was like, Kanye, I gotta tell you this because this is awkward. I just gotta get this out of my system. Like you're one of my favorite artists, and you know, me and him talk so much. I mean, when he, me and I tell you, when we talk, we talk. He's really, he really of a really, he's really that good of a guy that you can just have a conversation with. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great because you were doing the Sunday services with him. I was. I was. I was. Yeah. So man, listen. Let's let's do this, bro. Tell everybody where they can find your music, and give us a, a snapshot of where Juno Lake is going with his career as a solo artist these days. <sighs> well, mind you, if you haven't heard, I still have the EP from "Wish You Were Here." That was the EP I came out with in 2019. Okay. Definitely check. Definitely, definitely check that out. I would encourage you to listen to that because it's. It was one of those times in my life where I was really dealing with depression um, hmm. and anxiety. 
um, yeah, I was it was a it was a low point in my time. It wasn't in you know me working with you know certain artists is is a you know there's high moments and low moments. But I had a low moment where things weren't consistent. Jobs yeah. weren't working, and I'm a full time musician. I don't do nothing else yeah. except yeah. music. So I'm just putting it there. Definitely listen to "Wish You Were Here." It's one of my favorite EPs. You can find um, you can find all my music uh, on all streaming platforms. Juno Lake, J U N E A U Lake. Um, Blood in the Water is the new anthem. I'm saying that right now. It's amazing. If you if you I'm, haven't I'm heard it, it all, I've been listening to it all day today. So, let me ask you. <laughs> let me. Ask, what did you think about when you first heard it? So I so one of the things that that grabs me, bro. I like the sound like sonically because i got these nice little speakers in here so that yeah. grabs me out the gate you know what i'm saying and i'm like okay because i didn't know where the song was taking me i didn't know the lyrics and nothing like that so i'm like okay where is this going okay here we are and then you start to hear the other voices that come on to the record i'm like yo man this is this is pretty dope um this is a really dope record i like the message it resonates and it sounds good. That's you got the one-two punch for me with that. Thank you. Um, and I think you guys collaborated very well together on that record uh, with the other artists that you had on there. Who were the other artists that you had on there? So the other artists were Kadeem Nichols, um, who's also we sung in Sunday Service together, and Jay okay. Jules, um, and Cameron Wright. And the, the thing about it is, I got time to tell you about this real quick. Yeah, go ahead, bro. So the thing about I sat on I sat on Blood in the Water um, because at that time last year it was a lot of social you know issues that were happening. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I remember when I called my producer and I was like, "Hey, let's get this record done," but it didn't happen as fast as I wanted to, and I think that was great because it was so much oversaturated music of everybody doing that, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so. Um, I, you know, everyone on the record, shout out to all the musicians, you know, the engineers, everybody did the record for free so that everybody nice. know that. Um, I was blessed to have Stanley Randolph, Eric Walls, Brandon Brown, you know, they all, all the musicians, John Reason to do the engineering and the mastering mixing. They all did it for free. Cameron Wright, um, everybody was with it and I, I felt very much appreciative um, because everyone had a story. I had my mm-hmm. story to say. Kadeem, you know, we we all collaborated. I talked to him um, about how he felt, and I want and I was very specific on who I wanted on it because I want to make sure that the story is being told right. Like even yeah. the female rapper, I wanted I did the 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 normal way is to have a female singer, but I wanted a female rapper um, because especially especially a black woman i felt like they don't get the much they don't get that much you know shine as everybody you know especially you know for the black you know black men i want to really push her and have her shine more than anybody because she's a black mother yeah like she's a mom and so when she told me that she had a kid and the baby got blue eyes like it really hit me like i had to really dig deep and think like damn so um having her on there she was absolutely amazing 
and uh, Cameron, he, you know, he's also one of my good friends. He's, he's actually, you know, he's, you know, he's out and he's part of the LGBTQ community. Um, and I felt like I had to make sure that I have every single black person involved, yeah. black man, black queer, black woman. So, you know, cause the, all black lives matter. So we can make Absolutely. sure we have that clear and nobody got a problem, but yeah. I'm very, I'm very much proud of it. Um, everyone, please listen to that. Um, you know, add it to your playlist. And I'll make sure I have that link in the show notes so people could just yeah. hit, the, hit the link right in the show notes. Yeah. We're going to yeah, make sure we have that. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, 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 I want it to feel like a movie when you yeah. listen to it. The video's coming soon. Everybody's asking okay. about the video. Nice. It's coming soon. There's merch that I did a collaboration with Black LA Clothing. Nice. That's coming soon. <laughs> so yeah, it's in that's so in the future that's what you're gonna see. And you got the you got the nice little backdrop there. There it is. <laughs> you know, I, I have to I have to promote that. <laughs> got to. Yeah. Might as well. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, I'm I'm proud of it. Uh, it. It's it's one of those things where you can now say, look, ten years from now, we can always go back to this record. Yeah, I want to make sure it's timeless, mm-hmm. um, and we can it's we good. can always hear it. We can always hear it again and again because we're we're gonna always do. You know, it's it's unfortunate, but we're gonna be dealing with these social issues. That's the reality we're living in, bro. That is our reality. That's the reality. So, and yeah. we're going to keep fighting. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, let let everybody know how they can keep up with you. Give your social plugs. I mean, I've got your yeah. social handle in the lower thirds right there already, but let yeah. everybody know how they can find you and keep up with you, bro. You can find me on Juno Lake, uh, J-U-N-E-A-U underscore Lake on Instagram. That's also um, on my Twitter, J-U-N-E-A-U underscore Lake. My Facebook is Juno Lake. And um, like I said, Tidal, Apple Music, all that, Spotify, Juno Lake. There you go, my brother. Well, listen, man, like you've you've shared a lot. And because I I wanted to bring you on specifically because I think your story's crazy. Um, Crazy, amazing, that is. But to hear... Those those moments of struggle to what we would consider to be, you know, making it on the big stage. But even after that, still having those pockets of time um, when yeah. you're dealing with the realities of, of how this business works. And to see you keep pressing on, man, it's very encouraging yeah. um, and it's very inspiring um, to you. see. Because I remember, man, again, the American <laughs> Idol tryout, bro. <laughs> I really to, thought to, I really I really thought I was gonna be on American Idol. That's the crazy thing about it. God had a better you plan did. for me. And 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 his plan is the best plan. You know what I'm saying? And and to see where you are in your journey now, man, it's 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 been incredible to watch from afar. I mean, you know, we've been you know, we've known each other for years and we go back, but you know, we don't talk every day, but I, I do keep up with people. I watch and I look, yeah. I see what's popping. Um, like I said, last time I was out in LA, we hung out for a little bit. Um, if, if I was to say I was jealous of anything 
um, about about your situation, it would be this one thing, bro. You ready for this? What? We have no In-N-Out burgers here in North Carolina. They don't exist. They don't exist. Okay? And and right now, I need an animal-style double-double situation yes. in my life right now. <laughs> Ain't nothing like it. Ain't nothing like it. I wish, listen, I wish, man, somebody, you need to tell somebody to get a franchise. It would blow up. Yeah. It would, I, I guarantee you it will blow up. <laughs> but you know, but you know what? There's no Bojangles out here. You can have Bojangles. I can care less about Bojangles. I got a Bojangles up the street from my house. I'll trade you uh, two Bojangles. As a matter of fact, I'll give you Bojangles, Chick Fil A, and Pie Pies for one In and Out Burger and Crystal. That's burgers. a trade. I, I don't care for crystals either, bro. You can have cookout too if you want that too. Okay. Wait, cookout, yo, cookout, yo, cookout. I can't do cookout, bro. You know the line is long. I went to Liberty a couple of weeks ago, and that line is insane. Well, yeah, they're right up the street from a school. They they sell Bruh. double cheeseburger trays for like five bucks. <laughs> I mean, what? Bruh. But listen, In and Out is the spot. Yeah, I like Five Guys. Here. Five Guys is cool. In and out, and we've got great burger joints here, like gourmet burgers, and they're amazing. But there's something about that In and Out double double animal style. It... You can't go wrong. And on the, I like the animal style on my fries too. Absolutely, absolutely, bro. I used to go out yeah. to, like, I would go to In and Out Burger two, three times whenever whenever I'm close to one. Easy. Just because I know I'm not going to get it for a long time. Next time you, know? you come out here, I'll, I'll, I'll treat you to it. I'll treat you to it in, in and out. You guys heard it here on the DJP Dog in the Mix podcast. My man Juno Lake said he would take me to In and Out. I got you. Okay, I got you. Out of out of everything this guy has done in his resume, you know, I'm not asking to go see Justin Bieber. Okay, I'm not asking to go chill with with Jay and Bay. All right. I want to go to In and Out Burger, bro. That's it. That's I all I want. You. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Well, listen, man. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on the show. Um, again, hopefully, people are inspired by your story, and hopefully, people will follow you as well. Your your career is amazing, dude. I've been blessed to to know you and to see where you were way back when and where you are now. And I'm excited to see um, where you go from here, my brother. I appreciate, it, man. Thank you for yes. having me. Yes, sir. Well, listen, man, that is the show. I am your man, DJ P-Dog in the mix. And, of course, you guys can follow me on all socials at DJ P-Dog. And I will be back next week with another show right here. Same time, same station with the DJ P-Dog in the mix podcast. I'm going to holler at y'all later. One love. Peace. Thank you for checking out DJ P-Dog in the mix podcast. Please subscribe via YouTube and hit that notification button. Also subscribe via Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Audible.